Welcome to Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Big week as we're getting ready for the Western Conference semifinals. We join you from our living rooms. Mm-hmm. We'll be going now. Uh, uh, you're at the stadium. Uh, oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I've been here. You're at the stadium. And I am in uh, the uh, this Hellraiser domain um, right now. So I, I, it's an un, non-specified, nondescript location that I cannot get further into. It's not my home. Not my home at all. Yeah, I mean, I know when my eyes need checked, but it's like you're in focus, but it's blurry. I don't know, Max. Maybe this is actually your your dream situation. You're the one in focus. Everyone else is blurry. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the effect I wanted to get. But uh, is this, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I'm actually going to the Performance Center. It's a big week, so everything's kind of locked down, and we'll get back to our normal schedule here very soon. First things first, the game against, as you all know, the LA Galaxy on Thursday night. A game will be on FS1 if you can't get to the stadium starting at 7 o'clock Pacific time. But we're in the throes of the playoffs here. Have you been uh, tuning in? It's been pretty good. I have. It's been pretty good. Five of uh, six home teams have won. Uh, As we like to say, it's been going chalk. Chalk, yeah. Pretty chalk so far. Interesting that I think the teams that didn't really want to play and tried to hold out for either, you know, penalties or just like to nip a goal have all have all suffered, um, which you kind of like to see as a even if you're just a neutral. Uh, And then, you know, obviously we get Galaxy, uh, Austin get FC Dallas. Like there's just compelling matchups that are coming through. You know, what? I was uh, I was really uh, I really enjoyed the first of all, it started on a bad foot. The. the Red Bulls game, the optics were terrible. The stadium was empty. Then you had the situation uh, with the Galaxy had their game. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm not throwing stones here. It was a noon kickoff. If games are at bank in L.A., people get there late. It was kind of empty, but it filled out at the bit. So that first day I was like, and then mm-hmm. it started to uh, it started to get better. But I really enjoyed the uh, the optics from Montreal because we don't get to see it. It was like this the uh, FC Montreal taking on Orlando City, then the, the rule of thumb is the Canadian teams don't really make American air here because it just doesn't rate very well because you're losing the Canadian you're losing the Canadian audience because if it's on ESPN or if it's on FS1, uh, those games are in Canada on TSN, so you're not getting any of that Canadian audience. So generally, the big networks will stay away from Canadian teams for that reason. You can understand why. But it was still nice to see it. It was like this forbidden fruit. You go, oh, look at this. It's incredible atmosphere. And I think you got really lucky that you were going to have these semifinal games that are all going to have a nice atmosphere. For instance, New York City FC not hosting a game. They had to play in City Field. There was uh, Pablo Maurer. I got to give him credit. He had a pretty good tweet where it said like his final game for Gonzalo Higuain and he's at City Field on a baseball diamond. It was It did take away from... The gravity of the moment, so which was a little disappointing. But you have these games. You'll have one, obviously, at Bank of California Stadium. You'll have one at Q2 Stadium, which is going to be illuminated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there at Saputo uh, Stadium for Montreal, that's going to be alive, and certainly the folks in Philadelphia. So you have four good semifinals that uh, I think are going to be good for the for the neutrals, for the TV stations, and, and people get excited. Obviously, the playoffs get lost in the shuffle on a weekend where you have big college football and big NFL and MLB playoffs. But it, it, it held its own, and uh, I w- I'm excited the fact that it went shock because 
you you got the teams that went there and you have fan bases that have been engaged all season because their teams have been so good. So chalk is good. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could say that RSL deserved a little bit more from the match that they had. And I tweeted about it and you tweeted about it. Both of us were uh, Ruby or Rubin. We were like, what, what are you doing, guy? You literally just got a yellow card like a couple minutes before halftime. Your team's up. I mean, he's got to he's got to wear that. But yeah, you want to see Austin, Dallas. Uh, you obviously want to see Galaxy LA. You want to see Philly, Cincy, I think, uh, because Red Bulls are interesting, but they're just kind of chaos. Um, there's not really much to it. And uh, I said this last week when we were at the facility, I go, you know, Cincy being at least credible is good for the league because they do have a great fan base. Uh, they seem to have a good, very good coaching staff now, which who Kenny Arena is a part of, or our friend Kenny Arena, who was at LAFC for so long. They have a fantastic stadium, which is what's so sad about Red Bull is actually that stadium is pretty great. Uh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's one of it's it's very German, uh, just like Cincinnati's, yeah. but no one wants to go. Uh, Montreal, Montreal is a team that I bet you, Max, I probably watched forty five minutes total of them this entire season. But man, they have some players. Uh, Ishmael Kone is obviously great. Jordi Mahalovic, great. Victor Wanyama, still very very good and interesting. In that game, uh, I I watched you know probably about this equal amount forty five minutes of what I had seen all season, and I was like, wow, this team's really good. I wish. To your point, yeah, we don't see them that much, and I know you can watch them on ESPN Plus, but it's just like it doesn't come my purview because we don't play them this year. But that's a really good, fun team, and I, and then seeing NYCFC, uh, by the way, has have more wins at uh, City Field than the Mets uh, in October. That's for that that's is for cold our, blooded. That's for our good friend uh, Philly uh, from Defenders yeah. of the Bank. Uh, NYCFC, I got to get ready for my Cleveland Guardians. They're playing the Yankees. I'll see if they can advance. I hate the MLB playoffs. You close out you, game. You have. Like the Dodger fans are, are just decimated, you know, and me too, because it is um, it, it takes so much time. These postseason games, you have to commit so much time. So if you don't get the result you want, you're like, what I just do? I know. How do I explain this to my family? <laughs> it's literally like the pitchers, you know, the, the if you're not familiar with baseball, pitcher has the ball. The catcher is throwing up signs, which is a, usually a flash of numbers. It's like they're literally doing a math problem. For every single pitch, he's got to figure it out, and then they're going to throw the ball. So it's four hours. But, yeah, I think it's just going to be compelling. I think City, uh, NYCFC was very entertaining. Uh, Had a great well as, team goal. Maybe the best goal of the playoffs. Yeah. Probably the best goal of the playoffs. Them, them and Montreal were actually very interesting. So I think sneaky good game that people won't be talking about is that Montreal City game. I think everything else, you know, there's the the number one seed with Philly versus Cincy and Cincy's first playoff run. There's obviously our game. We're going to get into it deeper. Uh, the Dallas, you know, Dallas-Austin rivalry. But sneaky good game for like a soccer neutral is going to be Montreal City. So I would I would recommend tuning into at least a little bit of all four of these games. I'm excited. I'm excited more so than it has been in uh, years past. And the uh, – seeing some of these young players, you mentioned Ismail Kone, who I know it's one game, but that was the best performance. He was just so influential. He touched the ball every three times for Montreal. He's a 20-year-old player. His family's from the Ivory Coast. They immigrated to Canada. And we know Canada's going to the World Cup. And a huge reason for it is their immigration policy. Because mm -hmm. Alfonso Davies' family, um, uh, forgive me for forgetting the country that they immigrated from. Uh, but he's a fan, he is a son of immigrants. Jonathan David, their star striker, is a Haitian family. He was born in the U.S. They immigrated to Canada. Now he's Malcone. 
the same. So that's a really cool story developing. A young player like Alan Velasco, who had the Panenka for FC Dallas. We didn't have these kind of players to watch in years past. These are elite young players Mm -hmm. that probably will all be playing for top European clubs, or maybe they make a great living in MLS because the money's getting better. We saw these, uh, these payrolls come out here. So MLS is very serious about keeping some of these players. I doubt Kone, for instance, because he's already getting a lot of rave reviews. But this is uh, it's exciting to see that. And we'll see some guys for LAFC, too, that uh, will hopefully grab that moment. I will say the, the, the two big viral moments in the playoffs, unfortunately, it's a World Cup year. And, <laughs> you know, Aaron Long just got decimated because he makes him he'll make a mistake. And everyone's like, we don't want him at the World Cup. And this time it was, he was caught up in a high line. His, they, Red Bulls turned it over. Sergio Santos plays a ball in. And Brandon Vasquez is faster than Aaron Long. That's my takeaway from that play, basically. Uh, but, Aaron did Aaron, but did Aaron Long know that going into it? I think that was the <laughs> Apparently, problem. that's the problem. So he should have known a little better. So it was a mistake, and he just got you know crushed. I feel terrible for Aaron Long. But is, is should he be the number one choice for the national team? Probably not. But our our options are pretty thin. And then I'm watching the Dallas game. So in case you don't know, there's a there's a handful of MLS players that are going to be probably playing big roles in the World Cup. And folks are pretty um, are pretty explicit that they want to have the better European option, which is probably the case. So it's Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman, who are both out. Now the the narrative is they'll be out for over a month before the start of the World Cup, which is big. Which, which, is, it, which is what happens though in a normal World Cup year. Not that long, but still uh, around about a month. But then they yeah. play a couple friendlies. But I'm just saying, there. People, people make, change the know, way. People are losing it a little bit more than I think maybe. We it's should. a. I trust me. I, I. It's hard, awful to get on Twitter. And then Jesus Ferreira late in that game has this chance in front, and it dribbles off his foot. And I love Jesus Ferreira. I, he's definitely a World Cup player because he does so much. He he turns the ball over. He presses the goalkeeper. He chases down midfielders. He's great. Now, is he a number nine? But when that trickled off his foot, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, would have, I would have bet my house on that finish. That's the thing. He does miss some chances. I know that's that's the yeah. narrative, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's the chance creation crowd, which I'm a part of, versus the, no, you just got to finish when you got to finish. That's what makes goal scorers. I don't know. I can't. Well, he has 18 it. goals, so yeah. he does finish. So he does finish. Enough. Um, that was the worst though. I, he's, he, I, I, there's been some chances, especially with the national team where he's missed and people are like, you got to score that. I'm like a header. That's yeah. Like, he couldn't might quite reach possibly behind you. Yes. The goal's open, but you can't quite reach it. And you're not known for your headers. I don't know. And then people lose their mind. They're like, why well, don't understand XG what, wide open net header. That's only worth like 0.12. I'm like, yeah, head a ball. Do you know how to head a ball? It's hard. It's not that easy hard. to just do it even into an open net. So that was a bad one. I will say though, Stuffed his penalty home pretty yeah. easily. So you got I was holding my breath for him, man. He's a good dude. And his dad played and it's uh for MLS. He was an MVP. And I knew him and I've I have i met Jesus a couple times. He's a good guy and he works hard. And when he came up for that penalty, I was like, please make it. And then he did. So that was that was a relief. But he had to take a second touch there, right? <laughs> or just fin- I mean, he I think he's you just gotta finish that. I know it's coming yeah. back quick. Um, you want that kind of instinct in the box. You just got to, you know, it's one of those things you can't really teach it, but a number nine, uh, like an Erling Holland, just anticipates every possible opportunity when he's in front of goal. He's like, look, if I'm standing here, the ball's going to come to me somehow and I got to put it back in the net. Whereas Ferreira maybe didn't have that. It's just, I don't know. It's something that ticks on. Some guys have it, some guys don't. 
Uh, my favorite example example is Filippo Inzaghi. Uh, he could he could have he could have scored that with like his hip, because um, it doesn't yeah. matter if he's that in, a real poacher. Yeah, if he's in on goal and there's an open net, he's finding a way to put it in. It may not be pretty, but it's going in, and then he's gonna celebrate like he just won the World Cup every single time. So that's a, a very, regardless of how it turns out for Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman and Jesus Ferreira, that's a very compelling subplot for Major League Soccer that you have the World Cup looming and you have players that, you know, Paul Ariola and there's others obviously in the mix that will, you know, Jordan Morris, who didn't even make the playoffs, will probably make that squad. But you have these three guys that are definitively going to play and play possibly big roles. Zimmerman, 100%. Jesus Ferreira, probably 100%. Aaron Long, we'll have to wait and see. But that's, a, that's I think, what MLS wants. And then you have the yeah. Canadian players. Kone is going to play for Canada. So, I mean, these are, this is interesting. And then you have the Costa Rican players. You have, I think we have a couple Mexican players there as well. So, this is this is great business for, for the league and just uh, something else to keep us in, uh, intrigued. And a lot of people that may not tune in for the World Cup that tune in for the U.S. are tuning in for that so that they can be the first to send off a tweet grilling Jesus Ferreira or Aaron Law. Yeah, you're still watching. <laughs> you're still watching. We got the hook in you. Yeah. So the, the playoffs have been good. They're going to get better. We have the two games on Thursday. So it'll be Philadelphia, Cincinnati. Then it'll be LAFC and the Galaxy doubleheader. They got the, the scheduling right. Yeah. And then the games are on Sunday, I believe. For the second yes. set of uh, Western Conference semis, the and then you have a big about a uh, a week and a half for the Western final, so you can really right. ramp up to that. So you got to get past this game if you're LAFC. Yeah, I mean, leave it all out on the table, right? Remember, we talked about 2019, and we talked with our good friend Jordan Harvey, your your colleague there in in the booth, and he said, you know, we beat the Galaxy, and then we had to turn around four days later and try to play Seattle, who had who had a very good game plan. Let's give them credit for what they they did. Uh, and he's like, man, we were we were kind of gassed physically and emotionally, but this is different. You know, you play on the 20th. The next time you would play is the 30th, 10 days. So you you there's no excuse. You have to leave it all on the table. And and no, actually knowing this coaching staff, it it makes me a little bit more optimistic because you know Steve Trundolo has a 90 plus minute game plan and says, well, if I've got five subs, I'm gonna use five subs. I'm gonna use them in a way that I know will maximize the energy and the enthusiasm we bring, especially in front of that crowd, when you know that they're going to be going 90 plus minutes. So that's, uh, that is an interesting subplot. Uh, but I, I, I got to say, I think MLS got it right by not making the number one seats wait too long then having them both play on the same day. Like it just, this scheduling seems right to me. I'm not, I, there's never going to be like this absolute optimal schedule. Cause I still think the number one seats don't get maybe the quite the uh, extras, uh, that that they should like I, I feel like honestly they should just be in the Western Conference Final but then they're sitting on their they're sitting That's down a long for time. two weeks or or you're forcing the teams that are going to play into the final to play you know three games in twelve days which I don't think is fair too so I think this might be the best of both worlds. Well, I spoke to armchair analyst uh, Matt Doyle for MLS who watches everything. He's an incredible resource. I mean, I'm I'm, you're, I'm blown away when you talk to him because you know I was talking about Montreal and he was. Uh, this was on my soccer OG podcast. And then I was talking about Montreal and he was talking about um, some of the players that would come to, to, to view that would be key or whomever, whatever team it was. So I looked at the, the annals of history and, you know, this is, he seems very confident that it is going to be a one versus one Philadelphia LAFC final. I hope I didn't jinx it. Knock on wood. 
The we'll, other, he we'll, says, we'll blame Doyle in the long. We'll blame Doyle. The other team that could break it is Montreal. So those three teams are safely said head and shoulders above the, every other team in MLS. Certainly the teams that remain. So that hasn't happened since 2003. Wow. With Chicago San Jose, when the top Almost team in the West years. play the top team, isn't that crazy? And that was probably when there was what ten teams in the playoffs. It's it's that's true, insanity. Wow. So I mean, it's been some close calls where it's one versus two, and there's been some really good teams like mm-hmm. that made the MLS Cup final, but on the other side, someone was a bit of a surprise. But the fact that we got off to this quick this good start with this favorites winning is a good indicator for that. So. uh now you you got to play the games and Philadelphia LAFC have a have we'll go into the matchups but just looking as you said about the breaks Philadelphia and LAFC have to show something I think in the first half and LAFC in particular hasn't been a, a great first half team they have been a second half and this is a 90 minute playoff game where if first half goes awry you're in that second half and the heart starts to race. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they get into their rhythm, whether they score or not. The fact that they can play the way they want to play, mm-hmm. which it, they've had some breaks. There's been some international breaks. And my recollection is that they've been able to find that rhythm. And this is a, a very experienced team, which we couldn't really say in 2019 um, here and abroad. So, I mean, that is key number one, obviously, to, to be able to do that against a galaxy team that has the right five day gap mm-hmm. coming in clean played. Uh, they deserve to beat Nashville. There's no doubt about it. They were the better team and getting your rhythm and the galaxy, they were aggressive. They were playing at home. I would imagine that changes a bit. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm really compelled to see how those first 15, 20 minutes look. Cause I think we'll get a good idea about how it can go. Yeah. You, you got to wonder what the game plan is going to be. The galaxy definitely, uh, Nashville conceded the ball completely. They were like, hey, look, we've got five in the back. It worked against LAFC. Let's do it again. Yeah, we got five in the back. Uh, we just don't want to get beaten in our box. Well, let's be clean in our box. And that's really what they did. They they were, they, and they were. And the Galaxy, to their credit, weren't rushing too much. I don't think, so the one thing that the Galaxy always have to be worried about, even with this new look team, which is much uh, stronger down the middle than they've ever been, they're still not great in, uh, counterattacking situations, defensive transition. And they actually gave up the ball quite a few times to Nashville trying to build out the back. And that could have been, that could have been a killer for them, but they were, they were patient with the ball when they were in possession. And I think a lot of that goes to Ricky Pouge, who everyone is loving. And look, he's a, he's a fantastic player. He's one of those midfielders that you just, you love to see him. Well, he's been better than we, I for sure. I'll speak on my man. He's been better here than I thought. I thought he would have a bit of a, uh, a period of adjustment, but, Maybe it was for a couple of weeks, but he's a huge part of what they do. Yeah, learn. You thought there would be a learning curve, but now everything runs through him, and he's so clean on the ball. I mean, his passing numbers are ridiculous. Uh, the way the way he and it, you, you can see it. I don't even need to look at the numbers. The eye test shows it. But you just look at him and go, "Man, that kid can pass. He's press resistant." But to your point about the start, another so, good young player that were in these playoffs. Yeah, add him to the list. So if you're the Galaxy, you, one, you're away from home. Do you expect to really have much of the ball? No, but you want to because you don't want to play too much in you don't want lafc to get into a rhythm but also if you are lafc maybe you want to play more of a mid block and you want to sit back a little bit and see see if the galaxy uh shoot themselves in the foot like they did with a couple of build out moments against nashville because really this game's going to come down to goals uh you you and i are going to do a little bit deeper preview right now but this game at the end of the day is going to come down to and it always has i think in every one of these derbies it is 
who finishes their chances. More times than not, it's been the Galaxy. And they have a guy like Chicharito who doesn't need much to finish it. Uh, he's another guy that's that fox in the box where like he'll put it in with his backside. He doesn't care. And then he'll celebrate like he just won the World Cup. So this game, it, but if you're LAFC and you you come out in that mid block, maybe I'm not saying Steve's going to do this. He's they're definitely going to be uh, have a big time game plan going in. But if you can be in a mid block, force some mistakes, but capitalize on them. That is the most important part. LAFC always seems to force the Galaxy into mistakes and then hits a post or goes just wide. Uh, I'm thinking of Carlos Vela uh, this season uh, was in on goal, couldn't quite finish it off, and then the game goes sideways for you. You have the crazy ending with VAR. What can you do? But Hey, we could have won that game in the first half. I just, to your point, Max, LAFC hasn't been a great first half team. It's not like they've been bad. It's just they've been so good in the second half. This has got to be a first half game. Win it in the first half. I just, I've just, I feel it. Even if it's, even if it's one one, just show the Galaxy, hey, we can, we're gonna finish our chances today. So you guys better put some worry into their minds because you and I have talked about this. The Galaxy have nothing to lose. Nothing. Nothing to lose. If they lose this game and we, they, they can say, well, you still haven't beat us at our place. Mm-hmm. We, many people said we weren't going to even make the playoffs a month ago. So this is, things fell into place for them. And you got to give them credit. You got to give uh, Greg Vanny and uh, Jovan Karofsky uh, get a lot of credit for scouting. Cause he, I mean, they really got those moves for Pooch do get, done. Do you get credit for scouting Ricky Pooch? Well, Gaston Brugman, who I want to talk about as well, who is massive in allowing Pooch to do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Galaxy, when, you know, they were full of DPs and we're like, where are they going to go? They found something very sustainable. And that's uh, to be applauded. Every MLS team could have done it. And right now there's only eight remaining and the Galaxy are one of them. And I was I would have been very surprised to say that uh, at the end of August, maybe um because they won they had won four i think five now so they've been uh they've been since that stretch this final stretch they've been able to be so successful so uh we could kind of go through some of the the keys to the game player wise and it was interesting because when i was doing this last night ahead of our podcast the names chicharito and carlos vela didn't come up for a little bit for me right just as keys just because, I mean, I'm, I'm saying they know what, and probably eat my words, but we know what they can do and they'll get in the position. But for them to be successful, it really falls, in my estimation, to others. And we mentioned Pooch and, and Gaston Brugman. This is, that's the key for, L, for the Galaxy and LAFC. Because mm-hmm. Pooch, and, uh, I, 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 and I know you have some cool data that we'll share, but what he does is, and someone compared him to Carlos Valderrama, which... So if you want, so back in the days of MLS, Carlos Valderrama came here and he was given the green light to play and pass and do whatever we want. Defending, eh, don't worry about it. We'll get some. We got guys that do the running for you. He had Steve Ralston mm-hmm. and Steve Ralston became, he was a, a tremendous MLS player, just a, a workaholic behind Valderrama, cleaning up loose ends, messes, whatever it is. So, it is believed that Pooch is going to push in these moments and there's going to be space behind him, which LAFC can exploit. That's where Brugman becomes a huge key because mm-hmm. they think he's going to kind of cover that. So I look at that and I looked at how it, I mean, it's going to look differently from the Galaxy playing at home and playing here, but there's a big gap there too that Nashville was never going to exploit. LAFC can, and to me, that is the beginning of where this game goes. And just thinking about it, Vince, gets me excited because it really 
feels chess matchy in many ways. It does. It's two very good midfield midfields, uh, probably two of the best in MLS, but constructed very differently. As you said, Brugman is the uh, he's the he's the balance. Uh, he's going to run a lot. He's going to fill in the gaps that Puj is going to leave behind because he's the guy that wants to get forward, wants to get that galaxy out and attack, and wants to basically just get on the ball in spots where he can dictate the game. And then Delgado is an in betweener um, who who really runs a lot. Actually, Delgado and Kellen Acosta are going to play very similar roles where they just they fill in a lot of spaces. Uh, they can pick a pass. They can give you something offensively, but really what you want them to do is just work, 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 work. Uh, Brugman and Ilya Sanchez somewhat similar, but the guys that vary are your Jose Cifuentes and Ricky Pooch. And like I said, Galaxy is set up to basically have a two and one. Delgado, Brugman, they're going to prop up Pooch. And Pooch's numbers are very good. Whereas LAFC's is, it really is three guys that all have to work um, because Sifu does put in a lot of work. And so that's where I think the chess match comes into. Can you force Pooch to defend? Or if he's not going to defend, can you force the Galaxy to have to send someone farther back because it's one less guy that's in? But I'm looking at this, and we did this. LA, we talked a little bit about the midfield uh, in LAFC 360 yesterday. And, and a lot of commenters were saying, man, you know, as much as it was cool that we got uh, Gareth Bale, Teo, uh, Wonga, all these wingers, I really wish we would have done something in midfield like the Galaxy did. And people were like, we slept on that Pooj move. We should have been in on that. And I said, I, I don't know if we were ever going to be in on that, although I think. I bet you John Thornton with the way he likes to play football likes a guy like Ricky Pooj, but he doesn't do the one thing that I think that Sifu does, which is defend or press or do anything. Cause Sifu is in the 88th percentile in pressing Pooj 20, 20th. It's a big, big drop off. But so people are screaming at the screen right now or are in their car and they're saying, yeah, but what, look at what Pooj does offensively. Well, well okay. Got something. So Sifu has obviously played much more than, than Pooj has. Two, 2,345 minutes to Pooj's 826. So it's hard to compare their raw numbers, their raw goals and assists, because Pooj has three goals to assist. Sifu, seven goals, six assists. This is, by, this is from Football Ref, by the way. So if the assists are lower, it's because they don't count the double assists like MLS does. Um, so his number, raw numbers are better. But so then what do you do? You break it down by per 90. And for me, I'll take it one farther. I break it down without penalties. Pooch does have one penalty goal. So take that out. Sifu doesn't take penalties. If he took one, he could probably make it, but he doesn't take them. But you look at it and you say, Pooch per 90, goals plus assists per 90, minus PKs, 0.44 a game. And his XG is he creates about 0.34 per 90. Sifu is 0.50 per game, actual goals, plus assists, minus penalties. And then his XG is 0.48, which is better than Pooj. Now, Pooj, obviously better passing numbers because he's cleaner. Um, but you look at Sifu's uh, progressive passes and progressive receptions, which basically is talking about moving the ball closer to goal than it was the pass before. He's right up there with Pooj. So offensively, he's a he is doing the damage just in a different way. He's not as sexy. He's not going to play that that sexy killer ball, but the results are still bearing out that he helps his team and gets, I just, I was very happy to see a lot of people put Jose Cifuentes in their best 11. A couple people left him out probably because he's not as sexy of a player and is clean on the ball, but the numbers, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to celebrate Ricky Pouge, you got to celebrate Sifu and just a, that different kind of 10 role, which fits more into L, more into LAFC's DNA, more into Steve Trundle's DNA coming from, a German, you know, coming from Germany for so long and the way that they look at their players, everyone's got to work. 
So Sifu's got to work, but he's still having the end product. I just, I think that that's very interesting as we talk about Ricky Pooch and just how good he's been. Sifu's been right there with him every step of the way. That's tremendous. And again, a guy who's, who's exceeded all his expectations this season in Jose Cifuentes, who people are lapping over to see if he can uh, possibly, could they could possibly get him from LAFC. And LAFC obviously love, holding love firm. Love him because, now, people, because he's going to the World Cup. He's probably going to play in a couple games. Yeah. And by the way, we have a responsibility for the Ecuadorian public. We got to keep these guys getting games. Mm-hmm. And I know what you just going back because there's usually a month off before the World Cup. And, you know, people are going to be critical of some of the MLS and Liga MX players that aren't going to have those games going mm-hmm. in. But they're going to be fresh. I will say this. I was looking at the European the European uh, schedule and it is concentrated. It is bang, 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 bang. Those There's going to be some you you want your guys to have games. Mm-hmm. But uh, five, six, seven games between now and the World Cup, that's going to that's going to wear some people pretty thin. Yes. So that, that that's what makes this World Cup so compelling because it's going to have all these different elements coming into play where uh, maybe somebody was overworked. Maybe someone didn't get enough work. And, but what's it going to look like? Right. So very interesting. And I, I guess we should a good place. To, we I kind of jumped on the midfield um, discussion. I, it's but the could, most compelling. It's it the is most compelling matchup of this game. I mean, I think I think it, it deserves its its spotlight because of the players that Galaxy brought in, the way they've retooled, and then just LFC's midfield, much uh, criticized. I think by a lot, like I said, by a lot of people because they aren't as sexy. But man, they get the job done. What's wrong with being sexy? That's uh, right. Spinal Tap. <laughs> Nothing. Nigel Tufnell. Sexist. Sex. The album was sexist, not anyway. <laughs> go see that movie if you haven't. Uh, but we should, I, I was meant to say, we should probably get an idea of what the lineup's going to look like. We don't know it, but you know, Sifu Latif played some games. Uh, Sifu's going to start, it's going to be Kellen Acosta and Ilya Sanchez. That back line, the question is, I think Hollingshead and Chiki Palacios, obviously Maxime Crepo, Giorgio Chiellini. The question is Murillo. And that's what it's a Murillo or Segura. And I would yeah, tend to- I actually wanted to bring this to you because you you've been pretty uh uh out pretty adamant in it's one of it's like pick one, you'll probably be fine with Segura or Murillo next to Chiellini. But you were saying if it's a more physical guy, you probably want Murillo. Now Chicharito It's not a more physical guy. Yeah, he is physical, but not really. He's actually a more of a movement guy. So I'm wondering, Max, do you I'm kind of leaning more towards Segura if it was me. Now look again, we don't make these choices, but just the movement. I, I just, I feel like Eddie is a little bit more precise, but I, I you're, I want to defer to you, Max. What, what would you do in this situation with, with the choices that Steve has as a center back? I, I, I would tend to think it looks like Eddie Segura and certainly because he's been playing a little more regularly, although Murillo was suspended the last game. That's why that happened. Although if he was ready to go, who knows if he would have started, mm-hmm. uh, they played with Chicharito, Grand Seer and Costa out wide. I mean, Douglas, uh, Douglas Costa was a bit of a surprise. Uh, there's some other options, Kevin Cabral, and obviously uh, Devan Jovalich, who came in late. I, I, I would say, I mean, maybe I don't know if they bring in Cabral for no. I think the Galaxy, Costa. I think the guy, we're going to see the same lineup that we saw against. Nashville yeah, and Grand Sierra was a handful when they played them. So, but I'm okay with the fullbacks getting that. I think Eddie Segura makes sense here. You've just got to have that accordion defense between Chiellini and Segura to make sure that Chicharito doesn't get that space. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten the space in past games with LAFC. It's, and by the way, we get Vela 
Chicharito in a playoff game. Remember those times we couldn't get those guys on the same field? And now look at this. This is remarkable. And we haven't really built it up there. That's just one of the incredible stories about this game. This is star-studded. It's really, really compelling. And for someone that's covered MLS Cup playoffs almost from the beginning, you just don't see stuff like this. So really enjoy these. No one's going to enjoy it, obviously, until the end. <laughs> right. It's but it's go, it's going to be it's going to be painstaking to get through this for both fan bases. But I would say I would I wouldn't be surprised if Murillo gets in there. But it seems it makes it's more sensical if it's Chiellini and uh, Segura. It's a good problem to have, right? Like like we said, I wouldn't be mad if Steve makes that decision, and he'll have his reasons for making whatever decision he makes back there so that's that's kind of that's the fun i mean to your point again these there's options this isn't like the two uh you know where the galaxy come in and we're like ah there's a lot of holes in this team like there's not now i would say where lafc has a a substantial advantage is in its bench although you you rattled off some names that like if the galaxy want to bring in dan jovalich i mean the guy's pretty good he scores goals every time he comes in Cabral has obviously ha- had his troubles in front of net, but they still have Efren Alvarez uh, that that can do some things against uh, LAFC, whereas LAFC, we're looking at probably Teo, Bale, uh, one of Mario or Segura in there on the bench if you need uh, some, some defensive uh, prowess late in the game. So just, yeah, a lot of interesting things. And let's not forget, and we haven't talked about them much because, you know, it's not as, uh, you know, interesting maybe, but uh, Greg Fanny, Steve Trondolo, two very – good managers with good game plans, good tactics, uh, interesting substitution patterns. Um, that's a pretty cool matchup. Cause I do think that they're, uh, they don't get talked about. I mean, obviously we had to stump for, it's ridiculous that you and I had to really stump for Steve Trundolo, uh, coach of the year when, after the season that he's had, but I think Greg Vanny deserves some credit too, uh, in the way that he's really turned around that galaxy team and he's made them interesting. Whereas, Times before it used to be like, okay, let Zlatan do whatever he does. And then the rest of you guys, you got to fill in the gaps. I'm sorry. It's, it's totally different. It's a totally different Galaxy team. Vanny won an MLS Cup. I, I wonder if they, were in the, they weren't in the same back lane. Vanny was before Chirundolo. Yeah, Vanny would have been a little bit before. But Vanny was this incredible left-footed. I mean, he played in the midfield. But he could play some left back. And then mm-hmm. Chirundolo was a right back as well. Uh, Vanny was renowned for being able to hit a ball. Off yeah. that. I mean, I remember watching these things. It was like a laser. So uh, two His really dead ball, talented. Dead ball delivery was tops when he was in MLS. Yes. he. I remember he, he was one of the, the guys who got to play in Europe early. He played in Corsica for, uh, was it that, a Jacques show? A Jacques I mean, that, show. That's where I would go. Yeah. <laughs> I think of Corsica, I think of James Bond driving up some right. side mountain. We have all the time in the world, Johnny. Do you think so. he, he made enough to get a convertible Aston Martin to no, drive through? No. No. That goes underwater? No. Yeah, <laughs> that shoots. That's a no. <laughs> Favorite part, he kind of goes underwater. It's a Roger Moore movie, and there's a guy in a helicopter looking for him. He goes, let's say goodbye to our little friend. He hits a button, torpedo goes, just obliterates <laughs> this guy over the water, and then he goes in and he gets romantic with his lady. I'm like, what is this? This is brilliant. You think the lady in the Can't car make movies like, like that anymore. The lady in the car was probably like, wait, you had that this whole time? Why did we go through a whole chase? <laughs> Why did we go through this whole chase? He was above us the whole time. Well, the water stabilizes the rocket. So uh, it's, so again, the managers are another incredible story as well. So let's talk about what LAFC do attack-wise. Pretty straightforward. Vela Chicha, Chicho Boanga, 
We'll see the role that Gareth Bale plays. This could be that spot and mm-hmm. add it to this incredible list of storylines that we could have there. Gareth Bale coming in and making that impression, who also has to get ready for the World Cup. And I know everyone in Wales will be tuning in and seeing uh, specifically if he can have success, but how much he plays and what kind of role he does. But uh, we'll find out more about that here this week. But uh, as we've said it, and without at risk of being repetitive, but Denny Buwanga can really unlock this game. This back line of the Galaxy has been really good. I mean, Kulabali, and then they also brought in old man Martin Cáceres. Yeah. Uruguayan, but he's been pretty good for them. And then you have Araujo and Edwards out wide, who've been serviceable fullbacks. And then Jonathan Bond, who can get a job. So again, it's a strong Galaxy team. I, I, I would like to see how they can exploit the space in and around the center backs. Because I don't think that that's a super advantage for the Galaxy. Casades is a decorated Uruguayan World Cup veteran, but he's 35. And Koulibaly uh, is a guy that uh, LAFC has exploited this season when they played. So there is uh, how they exploit it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would seem that Chicho has to be pretty active and then maybe Gareth Bale here. But Denny Bowanga can certainly go deadline run more centrally, uh, maybe between the fullbacks and those center backs. And Mm -hmm. who knows if that well, who that what it opens up. But I would imagine Carlos Vela might have a peach opportunity or two from a little further back. Yeah, get in and around those center backs. Get them wondering if they're coming or going. Are they going to the man that's dropping in uh, to that little space between them and Brugman? Like if Brugman gets pulled out, and then you can get let's let's say a Carlos Vela in front of Caceres and uh, Koulibaly, and then you got Chicho and or Buanga running off them. That's where you're gonna find some joy because Koulibaly and Caceres, as good as they've been, they're good for a mistake in each phase of play, whether it's one in the buildup and then just one kind of risky tackle where they're like, I think I can get there. No, you can't get there anymore. Um, I think that that is, but you got to put them under pressure and Nashville just didn't, they were so comfortable against Nashville. They just kind of hung out. And again, the only thing that they gave to Nashville was there was a couple of bad passes bond, including one of them gave one right to Teal Bunbury or right to some right to think one of their midfielders that gave it directly to Teal and Teal probably should have done better. But yeah, if you make them work, they're better than they were, but they're still not, as rock solid, I would say LAFC definitely center back pairing uh, wins that battle 10 times out of 10. That's a, that's the, that's where LAFC strength is compared to the galaxy. Whereas midfield, we can debate, we can debate a little bit on attackers, but in terms of uh, center backs, LAFC definitely owns that matchup. Yeah. Big advantage. Well, one last thing I wanted to bring up and it is with regards to this game and it is discipline because the galaxy have a, astronomical 14 penalties won this season. So just so you know, 14 led the league by three. The next team had 11. The LAFC had seven penalties all season, seven. Mm -hmm. Galaxy had 14. So I'm not saying they were justified. I've seen some that probably weren't justified this season, but this is what they do. Chitarito is a very savvy guy. I encourage the dark arts in football, especially in a playoff game. Oh, yeah. You don't leave anything out. If you see an opportunity, you take it. If someone tugs you and you're there, go down. That's what out the Galaxy you're going to do. So you've got to be aware of that because 14, that's like almost one every two games. It's double what we had. <laughs> Great math, Vince. There you go, real quick. Wow, right It's double. I'm surprised uh, I could do that. I've been out of school. But I was so looking long. at the stats. I was like, 14, I go, what do we have? Seven. 
And remember yeah, we Yeah, but Max, at least refereeing's been so much better in these playoffs, hasn't it? Oh actually I, I was gonna say it has it couldn't By the way, you and I I was watching I, Ted Uncle last night. I go, he wasn't bad. He was kind of controlling it a little bit. Yeah, Ismail Elfath, who is the referee of the year and going to the World Cup. Didn't have a. You you and I just just to go off topic for a hot second because we're talking about referees. We both found a new common enemy, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Felipe, what? Get I want to give you a yellow card just for asking for handballs and yellow cards all game, and then you should get twice lengthy protests where he was wrong. Yes, and is is it possible to give him a yellow card for then getting on Twitter and being like, "Keep doubting us." He said, "Because you were the favorite." Yeah, you're the two. You're playing Real Salt Lake. They finished seventh. You had 60 minutes with a man advantage. And then you came on the game and we're just classic Felipe. It's like never changed, though. I love you. I love Felipe. Uh, that's why, right, but listen, that's the kind of player in these situations you, you, you wouldn't hate having because right. for that very reason. Yeah, who's our, who's our like, who's our uh, irritant? Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> of a, yeah, I was trying to think of a word that we could say that's PC because, um, you know, there's a lot of good words for that type of player. But yeah, we need somebody that can stir it a little bit. Maybe it's Chicho. But see, Chicho walks that fine line where like he goes too far and then he's out of the game. I will say, though, I have high hopes for Chicho having had kind of a bad game against Nashville. He always, he always seems to turn it around. He doesn't go very long without scoring, especially after having so many chances. My actually, my LFC 360 pick, and I did this on purpose because, uh, you know, we have quite a lot of Lakers fans. Um, and unfortunately, the Lakers probably won't be that good this year. So let's think about the Lakers of yesteryear. <laughs> Uh, and so I brought up uh, Rambus. No big game. James worthy. You remember James worthy was a player. That's a very obviously hall of famer. Uh, big game James for a reason, but I was looking this up and I was like, why did they call him big game James? And it, it, it because he was on championship teams with magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was never going to be the star player of that team yet. He led them in scoring in two of their championship years. Wow. And so I started to think, as you said, Hey, we haven't really talked much about Bella and Chicharito, but we talked about a lot of other stuff. Bowanga, big game Bowanga. Because remember this, eight games against the top four in France last year when San Etienne got relegated, four goals in eight games against the top four. Those are big games for San Etienne. And then a goal in each match against PSG. So if there's someone that does not care who the Galaxy are and their five MLS Cups, Denny Bowanga. And I, I just think it fits the narrative. He's not going to get talked about as much as Carlos Vela, Chicharito, Ricky Pooj. But if he comes in there and scores two goals and leads the team, it wouldn't surprise you, just like James Worthy. So there's my there's my kind of uh, sleeper pick for a guy that I think is really going to influence this game. I like that idea that they don't care who the Galaxy are because we saw it early in the season from the guys who played in MLS. That first game uh, with the controversy in Dignity Hill Sports Park, you looked at the players, they were they were tense, whether it was Maxime or Ilya, because they knew the, the gravity of this game. They wanted it so bad. Mm-hmm. And I think early on, it kind of got them off. But you have these guys that don't, I mean, they know, I mean, Giorgio Chiellini knows about this, but, you know, he's like, hey, this is a Derby game. I and mean, you don't play six goals. It's not a Derby game. Right. <laughs> so he's like, I've played Juventus Milan and Juventus Inter and Juventus Torino. I've played Italy, England, Italy, Germany. It's like, I, he knows. I got a handle of this. Yeah. So I think, I mean, he, what a warm, comforting blanket he will be, I think, in the big picture of things. And so happy that he's been able to be um, brought into this team where he is a big part of it now. And incredible resource. And the way he does it, too. You know, there's a lot of players that that lead by kind of example, but then it's it's also fear-based. Like, I don't mess up. You don't mess up. 
uh, Giorgio's so the opposite where he's like, look, mistakes happen. How do we, how do we bounce back from it? Um, and just the way he brings, it's just, it's perfect for a young team. What a resource he must be for, for LAFC and for the players all this week. If you're feeling, uh, if you're an LAFC player and you're listening to this or watching this somehow and you're wondering, ah, oh, man, uh, little, and they do. Yeah. Hello. You're wondering, ah, oh, man, uh, I need a little bit extra edge or I'm a little bit tense. Go talk to Giorgio. I'm sure he'll talk to you for an hour and he'll probably make you feel at ease and, and have, you'll have one of the best games you've ever had because just, I, I just love the way he does that. I love the, you know, that we get so caught up in obviously the results and players fail. It's always like, if you don't win this game, it's a choke. And I, and I don't know. I mean, there's chokes in sports, but I don't really believe in it. So per se, because these are professional athletes, just it's refreshing to have a guy that's like, like after the Austin game, he was like, I'm so disappointed. You could you couldn't have found somebody that was like more hurt by that game, um, but he said he's like, look, you go down a goal, these things happen. What cannot happen is then you go down two, then you go down three, and then it's too late. So I think that's he's going to be preaching that all week, and that's got to be something. Uh, that's that's all I think that's all you got to have in your head. Mistakes are going to happen, but how do we ba- bounce back from it? Maybe that's the best way to break this kind of not curse, but just this tightness that it, it's inherited. Isn't that weird? Like all these players have changed. Did so, did they like, as they as players left, did they touch the shoulder of the new pl- LAFC players and like pass on the the galaxy? We're at that point, of, no. Or, or... It feels creepy, but look, I think <laughs> if you win this game, like like we said, it still won't be at dignity. But I feel like if you win this game, and then obviously you win this game and you go on to bigger, bigger and better things, a la an uh, MLS Cup, I think you can kind of put that to bed uh, next time you go to Dignity Health Sports Park. But let's you know, let's start here. Yeah. And Vince, just to, to clear something up, we said that Galaxy have nothing to lose. Of course they have something to lose. They're in a Western Conference semifinals. Even if you're not supposed to be here, mm-hmm. you're two wins away from or two wins away from getting to a final. And th- that's not afforded to a lot of teams. And when you get that opportunity, you got to seize it. So, yeah, they do have some things to lose. So uh, there's going to be tension for sure in that camp. And they're not going to come in. Hey, we got they're not going to come in that way. We just know that this is a season about LAFC. And they are equipped with that, the Galaxy, and they know that. But they also know that they can't let an opportunity like this slip through their fingers. And if it does, then LAFC certainly grabs some bragging rights in this game, which we can't wait. So Thursday night, under the lights, Bank of California Stadium. We'll be there with the 110 football pre and post. Same Mm -hmm. spot there by the old fields. Or free play? I, somewhere Fields. out on Pepsi Plaza. We've been actually kind of over towards uh, the main towards the main gate and the uh, kind of uh, uh, high-end entrance instead of HQ, but we'll, somewhere in that Pepsi Plaza. Just look for, just look for lights, look for cameras. You'll see us. Yeah. And you'll come hear, by before, you'll come the, by the after. great voice of Max Bredos. Yeah, come by and we will uh, we'll share this experience. I think that's one of the good things about being uh, in this LAFC family that we come together in these moments and – Whatever happens, we uh, we share that. So uh, we'll be there for you guys, and you'll be there for us. And Thursday night's going to be magical, so hang on to it. And hopefully it leads to, you know, 10 days, feet up on the couch a little bit, waiting for the next opponent where it will be either Austin or Dallas. Mm-hmm. And who knows? I mean, remember Austin's beaten LAFC twice this season. Well, that feels a long time ago, and Dallas beat LAFC recently. So these are good teams in the West, but this is still LAFC's path. They'll, they uh, they control it. And everything they did is so that they could play in this park, which they will, and they'll play again in MLS Cup if they get there. So we don't do this in the regular season because it doesn't make any sense to, although some, some pods like to do it. Um, but I think because it's a one-off prediction. 
I think we got to leave with a prediction. Okay. I'll go. Okay. I'll start. I'm gonna say three to two LAFC. And Giorgio's gonna once again go. What? What is this derby? What are these derbies you have here? Three <laughs> to two. This is crazy. This is not a derby. This is not a derby. Six goals, five goals. You're crazy. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go LAFC one, Galaxy zero. Wow. And appease Giorgio. Right. <laughs> which means he would have gotten his way. Giorgio masterclass. Grind it out. Get that goal and hang on. Well, and that's go. kind of what LAFC have been. I mean, they've been economical with goals all season. They've gotten the most out of a of, They scored a lot of goals. That's not a kid about three, but they, three points the entire season dropped from a winning situation. And that those three points in Dallas, down a man for almost 90 minutes. Incredible. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I think we've done enough uh, talking about it, Vince, but we'll probably talk some more between now and then. Inside LAFC, MVP. I can't say MVP podcast because that's a bit redundant. The MVP. ATM machine, review, MVP the podcast. MVP it's machine just, it works. Max and Vince. We'll be back. We'll be back there at the stadium. Uh, hopefully talking to some of the players. Victorious towards the Western Conference final. Tell a friend as well. And uh, we'll be back here very soon. All right, Vince, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you very soon. Certainly, we'll see you Thursday. See you Thursday.